Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. All right, everyone, wherever you are and however you may be listening, it is the college football an NFL playoff edition of the Sports Rivals. For Ernie, I'm Monty, and together we're ready to talk the world of sports. But Ernie, week 18, the end of the season, saw your Steelers win again, Mm -hmm. but they fell just a little bit short. So (laughs) let's go ahead and start there. Let's start with the NFL. Let's start with your your Steelers. What an amazing turnaround this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm proud of the team. I mean, there was... There is a, uh, you know, a little uh, worry thought in regards to Tomlin not getting that uh, about losing his winning streak. That winning streak, as far as not having a losing losing season since he started coaching, is still intact. You know, thank goodness for that four game winning streak at the end to solidify that. But as far as the game is concerned, you know, against the Browns, very heated rivals. So no matter if the Browns are good or bad. We're expected, I've already been accustomed to uh, having very close games. Uh, the Browns uh, stopped the Steelers on that first drive, which was, I thought, a bad omen to happen. Najee Harris fumbles on the half-yard line, which actually should have been a touchdown because on the replay it showed that his knee, there was a shadow between the knee and the turf. Uh, which it, I guess in, in real time looked like the knee was down, but in fact it wasn't. But, you know, uh, the Steelers didn't challenge that, and I thought that's going to come back to bite them. That's going to come back to bite them. And then they go ahead and they started controlling the ball, holding, uh, you know, the Cleveland Browns to minuscule yards, which, which, which was a good sign for that defense because I was worried really about that defense. And then in the second half, the Steelers kind of took over on the run game. So some long passes. Again, Kenny Pickett does not throw an interception. Playing conservative ball, uh, I really don't think that's his game. I think next year when he has that uh, full train cap, knowing that he's the number one, I think he can show more of his uh, the true Kenny Pickett, the one that I saw in highlight films when he was at the University of Pittsburgh. But I'm actually very happy. I told you off the air that I'm kind of glad that they didn't make the playoffs. Now they're assured of at least a 17th pick in this upcoming draft. I was looking at some scenarios that if they made it into the playoffs, even if they were going to lose to the Buffalo Bills, they probably could have picked as high as 21-22. So five spots there. And I'm, I'm, I'm I'm just happy that the team did not give up. Absolutely did not give up. And Mike Tomlin's incredible streak continues. Um, they, they come through with a winning record and he still has not had a losing record. It's now 19 consecutive se- uh, seasons overall for the Steelers without a losing record. One of the, the longest such streaks in, in modern NFL history. So got to be proud for your team. But let's take a step back. I think, Ernie, while we were recording last weekend, um, we were recording on Monday night just as the DeMar Hamlin injury situation right. had taken place. At that time, we kind of knew what was going on, um, but we didn't know the severity of it. But what a week it has been. What an amazing, miraculous recovery the young man is is enjoying at this point he's still critical but his neurological functions seem to be excellent his lung capacity is regaining some strength it's a uh, it's remarkable what happens when you have the world all praying for you oh, and, yeah. and on your side oh, yeah. how, how miracles can happen so it looks like at this point that he is on his road to recovery in whatever recovery means to him right and i think at this point in time the only thing that really matters is the fact that He's on the road to recovery. But um, the reason why I wanted to kind of backtrack to that is to acknowledge that and all over the NFL today was was Demar Hamlin Day. Number three. Every single yeah. stadium, everyone was wearing his shirts. It was just it was so nice to see how a catastrophic type event brought all 32 teams together. 
um, and just with this synergy and this love for each other. So I'll get back more to that in my closing thought. But what it did do is throw a little wrinkle into the playoff picture in the AFC. Right. So I wanted to spend a couple of minutes on that. The game is not going to be made up. It was canceled. Instead of just going with best record, uh, the NFL seems to be outthinking themselves and put together these series of scenarios that could have led to if, if Baltimore had beaten Cincinnati today, even if Cincinnati was a division champ, it could have led to a coin flip to see who would have the home field advantage in the wild card round. Cincinnati was not having that. So they went out and they took care of business. So we don't have to worry about that. But Ernie, this is what we're looking at. If any of the top three teams, Kansas City at 14 and three gets the number one seed in the first round bye. Buffalo at 13 and three gets the two seed. The Bengals at 12 and four, your Super Bowl uh, pick there from the AFC is the three seed. If any of those three teams play each other in the AFC championship game, it's going to be held at a neutral site, which is going to be real interesting um, to see how that plays out. They don't even know what the neutral site is. In the past, they've used Detroit Stadium, but they're undergoing construction, not going to be available. They were thinking of using the Indianapolis Colts facility. That's not available. So it'll be really interesting to see if one of, and, and at this point in time, I think it's more likely than not, that two of those three teams are going to face oh, each yeah. other oh, in yeah. the AFC Championship, so that's going to be that's going to be interesting. So we're going to come back and go through a, a playoff preview. But for today, though, the Buffalo Bills pregame ceremonies, opening kickoff, running touchdown. back for a touchdown. Yeah. It was like a storybook type of a situation. Later in the game, again, 101 kickoff return, two kickoff returns for touchdowns because their offense wasn't doing that well. But the Patriots are knocked out of the playoffs by the Buffalo Bills for the second consecutive year. That opened the door for the Steelers a little bit because Miami and the Jets were playing an offensively brutal game (laughs) the whole way until at the very, very end, uh, Sanders kicks a field goal. Miami survives the Jets 9-6 to six yeah. to sneak into that seventh spot. So whereas, you know, I think you're proud of the Steelers and you're happy that they're getting a better pick because they probably weren't going to win a Super Bowl. At this point in time, Miami without Tua, without Bridgewater, Tyreek Hill clearly hobbled, no Teron Armstead, Mostart leaves the game, doesn't come back. Um I can't see Miami putting up much of a fight next week. And I got to think the Steelers are thinking we could have. We could have put up yeah. more of a fight yeah. than what Miami's yeah. going to put up next week. But it is what it is. That's how it falls. Miami makes the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I'm just glad. I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, it, it was very touching, you know, to see all the stadiums, see all the players, even even some of the opposing fans, fans uh, of other teams wearing that number three shirt. You know, and bring up signs to the stadium. So, I I, I like how you. I'll, I'm interested in regards to how you're going to bring that up uh, towards the end. All right, so let's jump to the NFC because I, what I want to do is I, I want to just cover the action for today. Then we'll give you guys our top five, our final top five for the regular season. Then we'll come back and we'll preview the playoffs. Right now, Detroit has just taken a 20 to 16 lead Ah, on the Green Bay Packers. We've got five minutes and change left in the fourth quarter. That's the only outstanding game left. Um, So that's the only thing that we're going to have to kind of depict. So in the NFC, I think things happen as expected. Philadelphia probably struggled more than you would think with the Giants resting all of their main players. It ends up only 22 to 16. Uh, Jalen Hurts does play, looks a little bit rusty. If I'm a Philly fan, I, I mean, I'm glad I get the break, but they are not playing their best ball at this time of year. But they are the one seed. Yeah, they're the one seed. And I, and I would have expected it to be like that. They don't want to get hurt. You know, the coaches are probably telling them, you know, play hard, but play smart. You know, basically, they can read between the lines. That basically said, don't do anything stupid 
to you know ruin your this playoff run. I think they were hoping to be up at a big at halftime and be able to rest the starters in the second half. That did not happen. It stayed reasonably close. It came down to an onside kick at the end of the game that the the uh, Eagles had to fall on. So they're the one seed. Uh, the 49ers took care of business in JJ Watt's last game in the NFL. He did go down with a couple of sacks of his own, but the 49ers roll 38 to 13. They mm-hmm. are the two seed. Minnesota beat Chicago. Um, they are the yeah. three seed, and Chicago gets the number one pick in the draft next year because the Texans, with a miracle at the end, scores a touchdown and a two to drop out of the number one spot to number two. So the Bears get the number one pick. I love it because they tra- Steelers trade Chase Claypool for the Bears' second round pick, which comes up to number 33. <laughs> and Claypool has not done anything no. since going there. So you got, the, you got the Vikings at three. Of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at four. Uh, somebody had to win that division. So they win the division <laughs> at eight and nine. The other three teams, the Falcons, the Panthers, and Saints, finish at seven and ten. Um, and then the five seed will be Dallas, who got rolled today by the Commanders. I would say a little bit surprising. Commanders, again, they've been playing well. If you are, they started Sam Howell, the rookie, third stringer, and he did he did a decent job. Dallas is limping into the playoffs, not playing that well. They get Tampa Bay. We'll discuss that a little bit later. Then, of course, the Giants are at six. And then right now, as we speak, it's either going to be Green Bay if they can come back and win this game or Seattle if they uh, if Green Bay loses this game in that seven spot. So, Ernie, let's do this. And again, that's Ernie. I'm Monty. We are the Sports Rivals, part of the Hawaii uh, Sports Radio Network. Ernie, your final top five teams of the year. I'm going to stick with what I had going in from last week. I mean, I had, and, you know, I, th- I, ha- I think I have at least legitimate justification in regards to putting him this way because uh, the two teams that I had last week were Cincinnati and the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Both of those teams are leading their division as far as win streaks are concerned. The Cincinnati Bengals have already, uh, what did they win right now? Eight in a row already. Mm-hmm. And they had an easy time with the Baltimore Ravens today. So they are still my number one team. My number two team, as I mentioned, is the San Francisco 49ers, and they are on a 10-game winning streak. The The next closest win streak in the NFC, uh, uh, they don't have anybody. They don't have any, anybody other than the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers who have won four of their last five. And those teams, if the Packers lose... Both of those teams will not be in the playoffs. So San Francisco is hot. The rest of the NFC is not. Uh, With that said, I am putting the Buffalo Bills at number three. I mean, they just showed me a lot of heart. Again, Kansas City at number four. And I'm going to put Minnesota... Vikings up there at number five. All right, so you have a slight difference uh, this week. You've dropped Philadelphia out of your top five. So I am going to stick with my top five from, from last week. Nothing has really changed to deviate me from that. San Francisco, to me, is the best team in the NFL. I'll keep them at number one. Actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to make a slight change. If you remember last week, I had San Francisco 1, Buffalo 2, Cincinnati 3. I am going to flip Cincinnati and Buffalo. I just believe that Cincinnati has a more consistent team, more offensive weapons. I love Josh Allen, but he's turning the ball over too much. And I think in the playoffs, I trust Burrow right now more than I trust Josh Allen to protect the ball. So I'll have San Francisco 1, Cincinnati 2, Buffalo 3, Kansas City 4, Philadelphia 5. There's the number one seed in the NFC. I give them the edge over the Minnesota Vikings there. So that's going to be my final, our final top five uh, lists for the season. What a shame because my first one had the Rams there. (laughs) And my Rams are 5 and 12. I'm so excited we get to pick towards the top of the second round. Like you, we don't have a first round there. Well, you do. We don't. So it's a matter of picking as high in the second round as possible. But before we get into the playoff picture, a lot of talk today. And this is what I do want to say about my Rams. A lot of chatter about Sean McVay walking away. 
uh, from the Rams right really? now. Uh, it came out today. Numerous reports. Adam Schefter, Albert Breer, Jay Glazer, who says that as it looks right now, he's going to take some time at the end of the season. But it, it is pointing much more in the direction of Sean McVay leaving the Rams um, because of burnout. Uh, more so than him coming back. So that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. If you're a Rams fan, to start next year with our cap situation, without Sean McVay at coach, uh, that's going to be a scary proposition, especially if Aaron Donald does what he said last year and follows him out the door. So that's going to be a situation that's going to merit very, very close watching. I'm kind of hoping that the competitiveness of Sean McVay doesn't allow him to go out this way. I think he did an incredible job coaching the last six weeks with who he had available. The Rams are competitive in every single game other than the Charger one. Um, He's coaching primarily practice squad players and a couple of superstars in Wagner and Jalen Ramsey. Uh, And he got them to to be productive and almost knocked off the Seahawks today. But that's going to be something us us Rams fans are going to have to watch. Yeah. But... If it's true burnout, burnout is burnout. And I can see it. He's such a high-intensity guy. He's been doing this for six years now. I get it. You've been to Super Bowls. You've won a Super Bowl. Now you endure this kind of a season. Um, He's 36. He can leave for five years, come back. He'll still be the youngest coach in the NFL. That's what I heard today at 41. So there's really no reason for him to have to stay. Um... But those of us that are Rams fans, we're on pins and needles until we find out. But if he is going to walk away, I hope he does it immediately. Yeah. So we have a chance to go after Sean Payton or one of the other top NFL coaching candidates out there. Because if you're a top coach, if you're Sean Payton, what's a better position? The Broncos with their cap situation? Um, the Panthers with their situation or the Rams. I mean, the Rams still have a ton of superstars as part of that roster. Uh, I would rather be with the Rams if I'm Sean Payton, but we shall see. So Ernie, let's get into playoff talk. I think in the AFC, Bills, Dolphins, gang, we don't have lines yet. None of the lines have been have been out. Bills, Dolphins, Bengals, Ravens, and um, Jaguars against the Chargers. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that? Who would have thought that? So the the Jacksonville Jags, two straight years at the number one pick, find a way to get into the playoffs at 9-8. So let's start with that game because to me, that's the one game that could be the most competitive. Jacksonville at home against the Chargers. Earlier this year when it was a depleted Charger team, Jacksonville went to L.A. and just destroyed them. It's a different Charger team now. How do you think this game is going to play out? I think it's going to be close. And I, I look for, if it is close, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars, to tell you the truth on top of that. I think they have the confidence to do this. Trevor Lawrence has been playing lights out as far as uh, quarterback efficiency over the second half of the season. I, I, I thought I remember uh, seeing once, I'm not sure if it was uh, up until the last week or the week before, that he was number one in that statistical category. The Chargers have always let me down. They should have been better than 10-7. and seven. Yes, they've had their injuries and everything like that, okay? Uh, and they are in kind of a... They've uh, amended themselves in regards to... They've been playing a really good second half of the season. Actually, they're on a winning streak right now. So they're, they're, they're playing very until well. Until today. Yeah. And they played all their starters until they were down 31-20 in the fourth quarter and then pulled them. Um, but they legitimately lost. Their starters lost to the Broncos today, which is really surprising. It, it is. And that's the part that that concerns me. Uh, to me. To me, they are a, they are a paper champion. They, there's something wrong in that locker room, in my opinion. I don't know what it is. I'm not too... Too tight with that situation. If you're a Chargers fan, let us know because uh, this team should be better than Tennessee. With that said, if it does come out close, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars with their 12th man really pushing them towards the end. I like Jacksonville to come out of uh, uh, come out of this matchup. That wouldn't surprise me at all, but I'm going to go the other direction. I think Justin Herbert, I think the Chargers are playing their best ball. I think Joey Bosa is going to make a difference. I think it's going to be an extremely close game. I think it's going to come down to who makes the crucial turnover, Mm. who makes the error. 
Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, who's fumbling maybe on a punt. We saw that a number of times today. I think it's anybody's game. You go Jaguars, I'll go Chargers for the sake of that discussion. Do you agree with me, though, that I think Buffalo-Miami is not going to be close? I think Buffalo is going to be a prohibitive favorite there. Yeah. It's going to be it's, – it's, it'll be close for one minute. Yeah, because I, I don't <laughs> see them bringing Tua back. I really don't. And with the other injuries that's around there, it's just not worth it. And then Skylar Thompson is just not the answer. Yeah. You put him in that environment, in the playoffs, that pressure uh, – yeah, this could get ugly, just like it was last year and the Patriots went there in this same game. So I think they're going to roll, and I also think the Bengals are going to roll the Ravens. Still not sure if Lamar yeah, is coming back. If he does be- come back, it'll be his first game in six weeks. They even held out Tyler Huntley with the – he was banged up. I just think you, the Bengals are on an absolute roll right now. I don't think it's going to be as big of a blot as the Buffalo-Miami game has the potential to be. But I would see something similar to what we saw today happening again next week. I, I like the Bengals by seven plus points. I like the Bengals by seven plus if it's the same uh, Raven. If Lamar Jackson comes in, I've seen enough games in the, in the AFC North to know that uh, you know this goes beyond record and who they have available. Uh, it always comes out close. Uh, if Lamar Jackson plays, I see a Cincinnati squeaking by, uh, maybe a field goal or four points. If Lamar isn't available, it's going to be a blowout. That's, that's what I see. I would agree with that. So we're looking at Buffalo winning, the Bengals winning, Ernie likes the Jags. I like the Chargers. I think we both agree that's the most competitive yeah. matchup. It may not be the most compelling to the public, but I think it has the potential to be the most competitive, which would set up a second round of Kansas City versus either the Jags or the Chargers mm-hmm. and the Bengals and the Bills finally getting to, to play a game. So that, that should be really, really interesting. Ernie, you know what else is interesting? With two minutes and 21 seconds left, Aaron Rodgers throws an interception. Detroit has first and 10 at Sealed. the 24-yard line. They're kind of running out the clock. Sealed. It looks like the Detroit Lions are going to knock off the Green Bay Packers sending the Packers packing and the oh, Seahawks into the playoffs. So let's assume that right there. Well, you know what? We'll save that just in case. Because <laughs> no matter what, Ernie, I believe that the 49ers are going to destroy either of the two teams Me too. next week. So let's start with three and six will be um, the matchup between Vikings the and- Vikings and the Giants. And then four and five, you have Tampa Bay and Dallas. Let's start with the Vikings and the Giants. Giants have had a nice story. The Vikings defense, though, the second worst defense in the NFC, really getting rolled late this year. Can the Giants pull off an upset? What do you think? I think the Giants can pull an upset on top of this. I really think if there's going to be upset, and I'm looking at all these matches throughout the past, and it always happens, folks. None of the favorites during the... That's why they call it wild card weekend. Something is going to happen, and this game is the most, in my opinion, the most prone for that. I like the Giants to outright beat the Vikings. The Vikings just have history. And if you, you pull a number of games out from the Vikings, given the record at 13-4, uh, and four, they could have easily have been 9-8. and eight. You know, I mean, yeah, 9-8, which is basically what the Giants are at right now. Now, I remember the Vikings uh, maybe like about seven or eight years ago going 15-1 and one and missing a field goal. I remember the Vikings going to New Orleans and New Orleans just came back, uh, got that interception. Or no, I'm sorry, uh, got the, 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 miracle. The, the miracle. The catch. miracle catch by Stephon yeah. Diggs when he was still a yeah. Viking. And, and they lose. It's going to happen that way. I just seen too much history. This I'm going based upon it. Record-wise, this should be a blowout. History-wise, I like the Giants in this game. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to stick with the Vikings. I think it is going to be a closer game. I think if it's going to come down to this again, turnovers. You know, Daniel Jones has done a good job not turning the ball over this year. Only five interceptions. Can he? 
thrive in this environment. We mm-hmm. know it's going to be extremely loud in Minnesota. Um, Kirk Cousins at home is going to be better than Kirk Cousins on the road. I think the Vikings can find a way to knock off the Giants. But like you said, it wouldn't surprise me. For all the reasons that you said, and they're they are not playing their best ball down the stretch, especially defensively. So the Giants are going to be able to put up some points. It's just a matter of can Daniel Jones protect the football? Can they turn over Kirk Cousins and the Vikings? So um, Ernie likes the Giants. I like the Vikings. The second, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Dallas Cowboys. On paper, Dallas has the much better team. Tampa Bay did win in week one, but these are completely different situations here. But at the end of the day, do you trust Tom Brady at home (laughs) or do you trust Dak Prescott? And it's hard hard to say you're going to trust Dak Prescott. I mean, I think Dallas should win. I think Dallas will probably win. But I ain't betting against Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. You, you, yeah, you took my thunder. I was gonna say this is this is my second uh, prime upset of the playoffs. That on paper Dallas should win this easily, but boy, do they let the let go of the rope in the, these types of situations? And who can go against Tom Brady in the playoffs? Who? Yeah. The, guy, the, the, the guy has the most playoff wins in, in history. Uh, the most Super Bowl wins. I mean, this is playoff Tom you're going against. Uh, this, is, this is a pick-up for me. I, I mean, I'm going to lay an egg. This is a pick-up for me. Yeah, you know what? If I had to pick somebody right now, I will go with Tom Brady if you force me to pick. But it would not surprise me if the Dallas Cowboys win. But... If you're forcing me to pick, I will go with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to upset the Cowboys. And then the next day, Mike McCartney will get fired Mm. and they're going to go after Sean Payton. (laughs) (laughs) So all of these coaching changes are going to happen quickly because I think the good coaching positions are going to open up after the fact. So if that does take place and right now we're at about the two minute warning detroit's third and three at the green bay 17 even if if they get a first down game's over if they don't get a first down a field goal here would put them up by seven with about two minutes left so let's assume again that the, the 49ers are going to destroy either, either team. Either I team. mean, I, I really believe that. So what that would do, and it's hard to prognosticate the second round because we're so unsure. Yeah. Like we could see three, four, five, six all having an opportunity to win, and that's going to factor into who ends up playing the one and two seed. So we won't get ahead of us at this point in time. It is fourth and one at the Green Bay 15. You know Dan Campbell has cojones. Does he go for the one yard and first down and end the game? Or does he put the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hands with two minutes left and trust his defense? Take the points. Guys, we don't have a TV where where we're at because we haven't gotten to that point yet where we have a studio full of TVs. Okay, we're just, we are in our third season, but we're still, we still have a a, a ghetto studio situation here. We got the internet. I am guessing, oh, what happened? There's only a, there's a minute and 15 seconds left. I'm guessing that Dan Campbell is going to go for this and try to put the nail in the coffin, especially since they don't have anything to lose. So I'm curious to see that. But again, that's Ernie. I'm Monty. We are the sports rivals. That was a tremendous amount of talk. It ends every, every I mean, if you're a Rams fan, it's not the greatest season. But I think other than that, I think you've seen a lot of things. The resurgence of the Lions. The Giants are back in the playoffs. The Jags going from worst to the playoffs. Um, You you have the the Dolphins back in the playoffs for the first time in a long Long time. time. You know, and then you have superpowers. You have the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, the Niners, the the, the Eagles, all. One of those five is probably going to win the Super Bowl. So it it was a tremendous season. You saw great individual play. I think we're looking at a Patrick Mahomes MVP, but we'll cover that in another show where we do our, our, our award guest. So that's kind of the NFL. Let's transition to tomorrow night's big game. It's the Georgia Bulldogs and the TCU Horned Frogs from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. <laughs> the Bulldogs are giving 13 points. 
They went for it on fourth down. Detroit gets a first down. It's first and goal at the six. It's over, folks. The Detroit Lions knocked the Packers out of the playoffs, and the Seattle Seahawks are going to get in into the playoffs. So let's, let's go back to this. Last week, Ernie, you said that at 13 points, you would expect TCU to cover this spread. Mm-hmm. You've had a week to think about that. Are you still thinking this is going to be a close game and that Georgia will pull it off? Or do you see a massive upset and TCU winning the national championship? I would like to see that. I just don't see it. Georgia is just too tough. And it's very hard to get high on games. I mean, when TCU beat Michigan, I mean, and you saw Michigan fought back, that took a lot of mental wear on top of TCU just for them to hang on for that win. I mean, and for that Michigan, I really hope that Michigan kicker wasn't getting death threats at the end of the game, you know, and he missed that field goal because that was a very makeable field goal that they missed. And that oh, the Ohio State kicker. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. The yeah. Ohio, the, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. The Ohio State. And, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, in the Ohio State, Georgia, yeah. the 42-41, Ohio State yeah. misses the I'm 50 sorry. yarder yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, at the buzzer. I'm, I'm, I'm mixing up games on on, on New Year's Eve. <laughs> but anyways, TCU uh, expended a lot of energy in my in my opinion and a lot of mental anguish. I don't think they can when you have when you come off those highs, it's hard to replicate two weeks in a row. I do think they have a very formidable team. I also think Georgia is coming off of that same, okay, I took, you know, I I took Ohio State too lightly. We're not going to do this two weeks in a row against even perceivably uh, a lesser opponent. A lesser opponent. But I like TCU enough. They show me that they can hang on. I think that Georgia goes into a lead. TCU comes back and backdoors inside 13. Okay, but you see Georgia winning. I see Georgia winning and coming into the fourth quarter. I think they have a commanding lead. And I think TC just uh, yeah covers the spread on the backside. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I just think talent is going to win out. I think Georgia has far superior talent. I think... Michigan did overlook TCU looking ahead to Georgia. I think Georgia may have done the same with Ohio State. They're not going to make that mistake again. I think you're going to get the best Georgia. And if you get the best Georgia against the best TCU, Georgia's going to win. I hope it's a competitive game. I hope I'm going to be personally rooting for TCU so that the SEC doesn't win another national championship. I want somebody else to win a national championship. I just don't see it happening. I hope it's a close game, but uh, I would expect Georgia to win their second consecutive title. It is final. Detroit knocks off Green Bay, and the playoffs are now set. So, Ernie, again, that's Ernie Imonti. We are the sports rivals, part of the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Let's transition to the NBA. Oh, so, okay. Your Brooklyn Nets. My Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn Nets have been playing well. They did lose one. They won one. Today, they played the Miami uh, Heat. I'm not sure who actually won the game. The big news, the though. The one. Kevin Durant injures his knee. He's set for an MRI tomorrow. Jimmy Butler fell into his knee in the third quarter. Um... Brooklyn is holding their breath right now that Kevin Durant's knee is okay and that he's not going to be out for an extended period of time uh, because if he is, it's lights out to the Brooklyn Nets. But they are playing really, really well. But the bottom line is the hottest team in the NBA right now on a five-game winning streak is the Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers, baby. For the first time in nearly two seasons, they wow. won five games in a row behind LeBron James, who's playing out of his mind. Uh, don't look now, though we're tied for the 10th spot. Just two games out of the fourth spot and just seven and a half games out of being the number one seed in the West. <laughs> wow. Whoa. The Lakers are playing some great ball, and last night LeBron played well. But Ernie, you know who else is playing really, really good in the last two weeks? Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant is averaging almost 20 and 10, shooting nearly 70% from the field. And Dennis the Menace last night, 29 points, 4 of 5 from 3, 9 of 9 from the line. He's playing well. Um, How long can this last? Can we 
hold on to this until AD comes back and make a run because the whole West is coming back and the Lakers are shooting up. It's, it's incredible because I, <laughs> I saw the all-star voting and lo and behold, I saw four Lakers on that ballot. I was like, how can the Lakers have four guys on the all-star ballot? <laughs> LeBron being, I'm, I'm sorry, LeBron is great. LeBron is great, but he can't be beating both Jokic, you know, he can't be beating both uh, Jokic and uh, well, what we have, we Doncic. Well, Doncic <laughs> is a guard, so he's not, he's, he doesn't have to do that. So the three forwards right now are going to be LeBron at one, Jokic at two, and AD at three. Those would be the three front court players, and then Doncic is leading the guards by a mile with Steph Curry. Um, LeBron, 18 straight years <laughs> leading, leading the NBA in voting. Uh, you know what, guys? It's been such a long time since I could talk nice about the Lakers that <laughs> on this five-game winning streak, I have to toot their horn. They're 19, they're 19 and 21, and that's after a five-game winning streak. So 40 <laughs> games in, we're halfway through the season. They've got 19 wins. But I tell you what, LeBron at 38 years old is playing at a level that's just, it truly, truly is remarkable. Uh, he's averaging almost 30 points a game now at 52% from, from the field. If it wasn't for his terrible three-point shooting, he's down to 29% from three. He'd be shooting well over 60%. It is, a, it, 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 it is quite remarkable, but you're right. I mean, he doesn't deserve to be ahead of Jokic. We talked about this last week. I think Jokic is playing at another level from everyone else in the NBA in terms of total contribution. So... Okay, enough raving about my Lakers. Let's talk a little bit about your Celtics. They're still the top seed in the East. A little uneven week, a little bit good, a little bit bad. What were your thoughts on your Celtics no, over they, the last week or so? Uh, they're they're playing like uh, unsavvy veterans. I mean, I, I, they're veterans because they, you know they've been they've been to the playoffs a, a while. I'm talking about the two Jays there, Jay, uh, Jalen uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But boy, man, when they play. Uh, Really, non uh, non playoff teams, uh, a la OKC. You know, even their last game, San Antonio Spurs without three starters. <clears throat> Boy, they don't really they don't show up. They get smoked. Their worst loss uh, in over a season against the Oklahoma City Thunder without SGA. Yeah, they they gave up 150 points, points that day. And I just, when I saw that score, I was like, oh no, I hope Ernie wasn't watching. Uh, I, I, I watched, <laughs> like, a, like a dummy, I watched until the end. And then they come back and they annihilate Dallas. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do think that, I, I don't think the Celtics are, again, good enough to not be motivated on a night yeah. and night out basis. I, yeah. I don't think anyone is. I don't, I, this in this NBA, if you're not fully motivated, anybody, I mean anybody, can beat anybody. You know, so Golden State's been unbeatable at home this year. They sucked on the road, but they were like 16 and two at home. And then they lose back to back to the Pistons and the Magic at home this week. Yeah. So, you know, two of the lower seeded teams, lower ranked teams in the East. But I tell you what, if you're not ready to play, if you're not motivated, anybody can beat anyone in this NBA. So I get it. But when the Celtics are playing somebody really, really good, they're showing up. I mean, they're not losing. Most of their 12 losses are not to good teams. They're to the Bulls and and, yeah. and some of these lesser-named teams that they're not fully motivated the against. Tw- the Magic twice. Yeah, so when they're fully motivated, <laughs> they, they tend to they tend to do well. And, and I still believe right now, after seeing Milwaukee not be able to get Chris Middleton healthy, without him healthy, it's a completely different team. Yeah. Now you got Kevin Durant possibly injured. I think Boston is still set up to be the best team in the East if they can stay healthy, especially Brown and Tatum. Yeah, I think they play their best when they feel like they're the underdogs or when they feel like when when it feels like that they should win something easily, bet against them because that's just their mindset. They they really let go of the rope in those situations, which is fine when it's the regular season. It's fine when it's the regular season because when it comes playoffs, they do against 
against the top 12 teams, they have the best record in the NBA. They have the best record. So, so that shows well that when they're, you know, when they know they're in for a fight, they're, you know, they show up for that fight. But it's the other games that really get disappointing. So I, I'm kind of hoping that uh, Joe Mazzula fixes that because in my opinion, that's what the coaches, coaches need to do. You know, when you're playing those types of teams, it's your job as a coach to, to get your players ready, you know, and make sure they do not overlook anybody. And it's definitely not happening. I mean, they lost to the Orlando Magic twice. They lost to the Chicago Bulls twice. You know, they lost to uh, OKC now. And they almost lost to the San Antonio Spurs without their top three starters. So it's like, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I can't, I, as a Celtics fan, I can't handle these uh, this roller coaster type of season. I'm just glad right now that they're in first place, you know. But uh, you're right. They could be had at any time by anyone if their A game is not hot. But I think that's a universal statement. Yeah. That can be everybody in the NBA, which is what's going to lead to a quite an exciting playoffs. And um, But in the NBA, you play seven games. So the cream tends to rise to the top. Yeah. So we'll see. Now, before I transition to my closing thought, being here in Hawaii, we haven't talked a lot of UH sports recently because the football season ended a while ago. The... Uh, Recruiting season is kind of in play right now, but it's kind of quiet right now uh, in terms of what's going on. But one team that is off to a good start is the men's basketball program. Now, they were beaten last night on the road, so they're now 13-4, and 3-1 and one in conference as they come home next week. But they are off to a fantastic start, playing tremendous defense, winning the Diamond Head Classic. Uh, they're playing really well. And then this week... The men's UH men's volleyball team starts the defense of their back-to-back titles. They're going for three national championships in a row, and they have the entire roster back, back from last year. Every single one of the of the players that played are all back. So it's just a matter of what kind of motivation do they have? The many of these these Rainbow players, including the the consensus preseason player of the year, our setter Jacob Delli, he had a big contract offer. I mean, in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in Italy, he didn't want to leave Hawaii yet. Wow! He put that on hold. He wants to come back and try to win a third title, uh, and then that'll always be there. But that kind of tells you a little bit about the culture of the program, yeah, yeah. where these players are literally sacrificing uh, financial. prosperity and gain and they already have in his case two national championships but they're back because they love the people of hawaii they love their teammates they love the culture of the program so i just wanted to give a shout out to uh men's sports not that it's just men's but right now the men's basketball is better than the women's basketball although that tends to turn around laura beeman has them rolling towards the end and the men's volleyball team because it is so important for UH sports that the men's basketball and volleyball programs do well because with 9,000 people allowed at a football game, somebody has to generate revenue, revenue, revenue for yeah. the program. Yeah. And if the basketball team and the volleyball team can put seven, eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 in that arena, we have a chance to make some revenue to help make up for that. So busy time for uh men's sports david matlin the ad announces his retirement this this summer so we're going to be looking for a new ad so um uh if ernie is available ernie is available (laughs) to be the new athletic director of the university of hawaii program Please let him know where to send his resume and yeah, credentials. Exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll find the boosters for you so you don't have to put people in the seats. <laughs> i tell you one thing. that Right now, because of our financial position, we're in no position to give out huge NIL deals. <laughs> we'll cook you some food, but we don't have money for NIL. All right, so let me transition into my closing thought. It's not really a controversial thing. It's not really a sports-related thing. I just thought, 
thought that it was fitting that it is a new year. And for so many people, when it comes to the new year, we set New Year's resolutions. Oftentimes we start the new year. We want to eat better, be more healthy, exercise more, whatever it is uh, that you kind of want to do. Um, you kind of set at this time of year. And it's kind of like a, it's always kind of like a reset. And I think we've alluded to this a number of times for a number of reasons, just outside of sports, just in general. But we live in such a tumultuous period in in our history where there's so much strife. There's so much animosity. There's so much uh, anger. There's just there's just so much negativity in our in our state, in our country, in, in the world. There's war. There's things everywhere. And I just think the whole Damar Hamlin situation for me, just as the week progressed and you saw how literally the world of sports came together around this one human being who had been subjected to a, a, an unbelievably freak incident that caused him to be literally dead on the field for nine minutes uh, before he was able to be brought back to life. And now he's enduring this miraculous recovery. I'm a man of faith. You're a man of faith. I strongly believe that with millions of people praying for this young man, that has helped bring him back. I know that's what he believes mm-hmm. uh, with all his heart. And I, and I just think that no matter how competitive we are, no matter what our differences may be politically, when you face these kinds of catastrophic life and death situations, it just creates a different perspective um, that allows you to see what's really important. I mean, just personally speaking, when, when Ernie suffered his mini stroke a couple of months ago, that totally changed the perspective of getting ready to do a podcast and, and all of those kinds of things, because that's a real life health situation. Now he's made a remarkable recovery in a short amount of time. Now, Granted, it wasn't a Demar Hamlin situation, right. but still, it was a very scary situation for for Ernie and his family, um, for for me as as someone and my family, people that that care tremendously for him. My point is that oftentimes we wait for something really bad to happen before we find and seek the good in situations and in each other. And I don't want it to be where 2023, we wait for the next Damar Hamlin situation before the world comes together, the country comes together, the sports world comes together um, to help each other out. It, it, it shouldn't take only catastrophic instances like this before we see the best in each other and we do the best for each other and i think uh, damar hamlin was the face of that this week whether he knew it or not he wakes up out of his sedation coma and he says did we win the game and the and the doctor tells him no well you won the game of life because you're alive and i think that's just perspective even he coming out of sedation was worried about the sports result when the rest of the world was only worried about one thing his life Mm -hmm. so i don't want to go soapbox but i just it just it was such a positive situation that i i wanted to really capitalize on the positive results so far god willing he'll continue on this path of, of healing um but it was just wonderful to see everybody every sports talk show every news channel whether it be sports or not everyone all praying for his healing to see his results and to see the emotion that and the impact that he had and the good that's coming out of this mm-hmm. where his charity for his mom he was trying to raise 2500 a year ago there's over seven million dollars oh, in there yeah. now I wish I saw that. yeah so instead of buying toys for for the kids in that in that one his mom's you know uh education center what can they do with seven million dollars the blessings that they're going to be able to pay forward because everybody just in that circumstance wanted to do something Something, and didn't know what they could do and this was a vehicle of being able to pray and do something and so something good blessings are going to be multiplied for so many people when you're seeking 2,500, you have over 7 million. Yeah. Just and think of the blessings that you're going to be able to yeah, do. So and, and counting and counting. Yeah. So Ernie, I don't mean to get too deep, but uh, uh, the back half of last year saw some challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
Ernie situation. My family was involved in a car accident. We were hit by a drunk driver. That was traumatizing uh, for 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 all of us that were in that vehicle. So, 2022 is gone. 2023. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for Ernie. I'm grateful for our friends. Um, 2023 is going to be an unbelievably positive year. I feel it, Ernie. It's going to be positive. The Lakers are on a five-game winning streak <laughs> since the new year. It's going to be a good year. Anything you want to add to that? No, that was good. Good Warren Fuzzy. I mean, yeah, it, it brings back your faith in humanity. Again, sports is just a diversion from the world of reality. We sometimes need that because, like you said, there's a lot of negativity in the world. This actually adds to that sporting spot, in my opinion, because, again, it, it, it deviates from the reality. We get to put everything in perspective at that time. And I think that's why it had such a big... It was on a big stage, you know, the Bills versus, uh, you know, two Super Bowl contending teams. It was on a big stage, and the, just the manner in which it happened uh, was prime for this type of result, and humanity stepped up. I mean, this shows you that there's a still a lot of good in this world, no matter what you see. I mean... Uh, for, for what you stand for in regards to, uh, you know, your political positions, uh, whether you're black, white, red, yellow, or whatever, you know, we are one people, we're in one world, you know, we should think as one, uh, but again, when it comes to sports, it has to be pitted one team towards another, that's what makes it a little bit fun, but when... Uh, let things like this bring it back to perspective and keep always keep that in mind. Once the game is over, we're all friends. Yeah, I, and, and I completely agree. And I think Ernie hit it on the head right there. I think 90, 95 to 99% of the population, the world and the state in this country are good with good intentions and good hearts committed to doing good for other people there's only a small amount of people that don't i mean that have bad intentions most people have good intentions and want to do good sometimes we lose our way and we start to prioritize and argue about things that may not be uh as important as we think it is and there's nothing like bringing somebody off of literally nine minutes of dead to remind us about the benefits and the gratitude just of being alive itself. So happy new year to all of happy you. That's something that we I wanted to just kind of get off my chest in a positive, warm and fun, hopefully motivational way. Now, again. We are part of the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, so I'd be remiss if I didn't remind you guys to check out Kule and Alan Mia and Wake Up in the Den every weekday morning from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. That's at 95.1 FM and 7.60 a.m. on your radio dial. Don't forget, they carry Clipper basketball. They're on a six-game losing streak while my Lakers are on a five-game winning streak. They carry USC football, Dallas Cowboy football. Uh, Both of those seasons are going to be over. The Cowboys are going to be in the playoffs. OIA Sports, HBU Sports, Kool-Aid and the gang are doing a phenomenal job building this radio station. We're so proud to be a part of it, and we look forward to getting in that studio soon. Soon we'll be there recording from there. Then we can watch TV while we record. I'm good. All right, for the second show of 2023 and season three of the Sports Rivals, the Sports Rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear. 